Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not fear. Isaiah 41.10 says, For I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will also help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's Isaiah. And if you go over to Romans 1, which we're going to be talking a little bit about today, in the same chapter, important chapter in the Bible, that says in verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And then the next verse says the righteous will live by faith. But um, it also says in that chapter, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their reasonings, and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And that just goes on in that chapter. We'll talk a little bit more about that with today's guest. We welcome back Stephen Black, Executive Director of First Stone Ministries. He's an author and pastor. And we're going to talk about a little bit about his book, but the topic of the onslaught of moral relativism, including the LGBTQ agenda. And his book, by the way, a very important book for these times we're living in. It's called Freedom Realized, Freedom from Homosexuality and Living a Life Free from Labels. He also has a weekly podcast called Freedom Realized, and it airs every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time. Stephen Black, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Dave. Yes, good to have you. Important uh, as we encourage Christians to... To understand the times, not be shocked by any of this, because God is not shocked by what's happening in our culture and around the world, and also that we can enable them or, or that you can provide information from your experience and how people in the church can respond to what's happening um, and, and whatever they're faced with, and discrimination will be one of those things, but we are faced with a lot of labels, hater, homophobe, and others, but Stephen... Before we get into the topic, and I've got one article I want to talk about, uh, apparently defining woman is now confusing to some in modern history, which is a sad uh, revelation of our times that we're living in. So share a little bit about what you've been doing since we last had you on the podcast. Well, we have, of course, been doing conferencing and speaking publicly uh, with these Freedom Realized uh, Weekends of Freedom uh, using the In His Image uh, movie. Mm. Uh, the American Family Association, of course, did a bang-up job in creating a uh, movie that explains that we are all created in the image of God because there is such an onslaught of lies and this ambiguity and confusion and 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 really it's it like you mentioned it's based upon secular humanism it's a, it is an uh, idolatrous view yes. of who we are uh, and is promoted now even as a religion even though they don't necessarily say it is a religion but lgbtq and that plus sign and people really, David, they need to pay attention to that plus sign yes. because it means something. And what's being promoted now is this: all of this confusion with transgenderism and that plus sign is getting a foothold like we have never seen in our history. And it's starting at the, the very most um, 
uh, I, I think, attack on innocence that we've ever seen. And that is from, uh, we're talking pre-kindergarten uh, to all the way through all education levels to start warping the minds of children into the idea that this is perfectly normal and that there really isn't concrete um, identity in gender, uh, which is, is totally the opposite of science, and that your sexual desires should be uh, embraced as being somehow with fluidity. Mm. And so we've been doing a, a lot of teaching and of course, we do a lot of pastoral care here at First Stone, and uh, we meet with families and individuals, and we are continuing to see people find lasting freedom. Mm. Well, let's talk about one of those things that you're pursuing, and you, you've kind of alluded to it. You know, the left is not going to relent in their godless agenda, and it is godlessness, and I've, I've gone on record many times to say it is actually a demonic agenda what they're pushing because you have to rule out god's existence and the very truth of creation and male and female but uh steven for i want to ask you a quick question you do a lot of speaking i watched a couple of your podcasts on uh, social media they're on your facebook page um how have you been dealing with any censorship i'm sure they're coming against you and uh, they're trying to shut you down i'm sure because of your message well, yeah, they shadow ban me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting how they they uh, work with some kind of algorithms. Yes, and they make it to where you know you can have several thousand people on your Facebook, uh, specifically Facebook, and not even half of those people will even see that you're going live on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and yeah, so that's we, yes, the main ahead. thing that we have noticed. Yeah, well, we can, uh, we're right in there with you. We've been shadow banned for probably going on seven or eight years. I'm just going to give you an example because I've talked about this before. Our podcast is growing. We've had record numbers last week and the week before. We're, we don't do anything to get the word out, Stephen. And we've got on our Facebook page, I think it's over 28,000 people that like it or follow us. And I'm looking at, um, just the most recent post, which, uh, was from yesterday. Um, Nobody saw it. Oh, wait a minute. One, no, no, that was us. <laughs> we commented on it. Nobody saw it. And it was about this uh, idea of what is a woman and the, the culture divide. And the post before that, one person liked it. Right. One person. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Jacob Towns, if you're listening. You're the one that liked it. So 28,000 people. This was 16 hours ago. Let's go back 24 hours, um, or even further and, and look at another one. And there's, Okay, there's more people that like that one. There's four. Four people like that one. The article was Christians face increasing intolerance. Poll reveals Americans' stunning take on faith and religious liberty. That was over at Faithwire. So they know, I mean, anything from Harbinger's Daily, StandUpForTheTruth.com, Faithwire, uh, conservative or Christian, known to be biblical Christian outlets, we're getting censored and shadow banned. So we are still able to speak freely, but if... What you said before we got on the podcast, here's where we're going next. If the Equality Act gets pushed through our government, we will not have the freedoms of speech. Please share what you're doing in the lawsuit that that you mentioned to me before we got on the podcast, if you're able to share about that. Yeah, absolutely. We have filed in the United States uh, District Court in Washington, D.C., myself and six other plaintiffs, with the Special Forces of Liberty um, to sue President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer on the Equality Act. Now, what has happened since uh, Roe is the the very next week that we had another uh, filing with our lawyers, President Biden dug his heels in, and instead of you know responding graciously, he's what he does is he's he's now demanding that all federal uh, institutions actually bow down to the Equality Act in in, in practice, and so uh, the federal government now and any kind of uh, uh, entities that would have contracts with the federal government, if they are found to be in any way in opposition to the LGBTQ secular humanistic mindset, 
then they are going to be uh, uh, persecuted by this government. And, and that's the United States government. Mm. In Canada, wow. they've passed laws, and in in Mexico, they're wanting to pass laws, which make it a criminal felony up to uh, to uh, five years in prison. And so, you know, this this is happening all around us. In Europe, we have pastors that are actually uh, being censored and and or going to jail. It's happened in Canada, and so th- this is their I- their ideal is that LGBTQ plus sign behavior is equal to race and gender. But then they don't even believe themselves that gender is something that is uh, concrete. And so they're even upside down in their own ideology, and we have the science on our side. And so if we go to court, which, thank God, we have a Trump conservative judge who has said he is going to review take this case, and we are going to, to move forward on this. All of the science is on our side, David, yes. as you as you well know. And so, you know, these these people are pushing something that really is faith-based. That's what your listeners need to understand. It's, it's based on ambiguity and their feelings and desires, and but but that should trouble people because what they're wanting to say then is if you don't bow down to my sodomy or sexual perversion as normative to your race or gender, then you need to be viewed as a hateful person. And then action needs to be taken against you in housing, in employment, in insurance, in banking, in schooling, in higher education. I mean, the list goes on, and the the level of oppression that this president is already pushing for Mm -hmm. is beyond anything we've ever seen. So, Stephen Black, please remind people or explain the plus sign after LGBTQ+. Does that mean whatever comes down the road, whatever they decide to push on us later? Well, the American Psychological Association has already communicated that pedophilia should be viewed as a normative orientation now. Wow. And so now they've, they've, they've now made this idea that, um, we need to remove the word pedophilia and call it minor attracted person. Your listeners can go and, and actually do a search on YouTube, and they'll be shocked at what they will see mm-hmm. out there on just the terminology, minor attracted person. So that would be like a, a woman who likes her five-year-old little boys in kindergarten, or that would be like a man who likes his little girls that are prepubescent. But then they took it to the next level, and that is is that there is a legitimacy for people who are post-pubescent. So that would be 12, 13, 14-year-olds, and they call that a youth-attracted person. So this, and of course, includes all homosexual behavior uh, in those attractions. And so it it is a level of erosion and attack on children like we have never seen. And then we just went through Pride Month. Yes. I don't know if people paid attention to the human rights campaign, but the idea with the gay community is because they've been, you know, oppressed with COVID for the last. We're going to make this the biggest and most outrageous Pride Month. And David, that's exactly what they did. They sure did. And the attack was on women and children, unlike anything we have ever seen in our nation. Mm. Uh, we've talked about that um, during June, and it was almost unbelievable, Stephen, that you couldn't watch a TV commercial or a, or a show on primetime. Even if the show was a decent show uh, without the commercials in your face, the rainbow flags, the promotion, even children's cereals with the rainbow on it, the grocery store, the Target and other stores having the massive LGBTQ pride section Disneyland caving, and uh, as you alluded to earlier in the podcast, the fight going on there in Florida. It is really amazing, and we have to understand as Christians, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but this is demonic, isn't it? We're seeing the ramps up more and more. 
Well, it really is because whenever a mind, a human mind, can even um, agree with hard fact, cold, hard, concrete science like XY and XX genetically, mm -hmm. and now you know them this way. Well, now we know we're not born this way, and that is homosexually. Matter of fact, the largest genome study was done in 2019 and conclusively showed that no one was born gay. Mm -hmm. But now there there is a demonic mindset that you must accept our desires, our feelings, and we're talking about some of the most perverse behavior when you've got, you know, uh, sadomasochism, you've got uh, puppy love, you've got the furries, you've got all of this behavior that is literally being paraded down the streets of all major American cities. And some of your listeners may not even understand the level of depravity that is taking place, but it is disturbing. Mm. And then what should we do about it? Well, we should have a clear voice on this, and we need to start taking a stand. Because you've got now Fisher-Price with RuPaul dolls yep. and Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Yes. I mean, every single outlet of... Uh, uh, of some form of cartoons had some form of marketing towards our children. Mm -hmm. and exactly. Parents, this is another warning that you've got to be very intentional about what your kids are allowed to watch and have their screen time. I know you can't be uh, you know, behind their back ever, or right next to them watching what they're doing all the time. But you've got to put some guards on there. By the way, Stephen, do you have any advice for parents on that front? Oh, absolutely. There should be the understanding with sitting down with the entire family that everybody should have limited screen time and that there should be boundaries, the idea of relating with relationship with one another, that there are clear, cut, defined times when we will use electronic devices and when we will, we, we will not. And when we gather to family, the cell phones, the pads, the tablets, all those things need to be put away and so that we're engaging with one another and, and then having other kinds of relating with other peer groups without these electronic devices that are healthy, yes. that are biblical, yes. that are going to promote God's standards. So one of the things we've talked about, Stephen, is the pulpits have been, for generally, not all of them, there's a remnant in America of strong, bold, Bible-believing pastors that have been preaching the whole counsel of God during their whole times of being in leadership in their churches. But the majority have not. They have not addressed the issue, unfortunately, of creation, gender, uh, abortion, um, homosexual, homosexuality, uh, same-sex marriage, things like this that come up in our culture that are bombarding us that our young kids in schools now are dealing with. Um, but I want to go back to something. We're going to mention some headlines when we come back after our first break. We're going to talk about why uh, apparently some in our culture are now confused about defining woman. Um, to you and I, it's like it's a head-scratcher, but we understand. We understand it is delusion. But I want to point something out, Stephen, in 1969. Now, this comes back to us, the church and the heterosexuals. In a Gallup poll, 1969, 68% of respondents said premarital sex was wrong, and 21% said it was not. Now, by 2009, which was 40 years later from when they first asked that question, in response to the same question, only 32% of respondents said premarital sex was wrong. That's quite a flip in 40 years. And that the last poll, that was poll was 2009. So we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back because we tend to point the fingers all the time at the LGBTQ, but we forget what has happened in the normalization of any sexual promiscuity and experimentation and uh, adultery, which has not gone. Uh, well, anyway, we've got to talk more about that because we, we can't just have a one-sided conversation here. And a couple of headlines that are going to surprise you when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth 
with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Stephen Black with First Stone Ministries. He's the executive director, and he's got a great podcast every Friday called Freedom Realized. Uh, Stephen, how can people tune into the podcast? Uh, it's on Facebook, and it's on uh, stephenblack.org, and it's also on YouTube, Okay, and it streams live. Thank you. That's every Friday, 10 a.m. Central. So back to the poll I was mentioning, and what we kind of forget, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I just wanted to make the point that the, every, even in the church, but the heterosexual population really didn't do a good job of um, guarding sexual purity and and the family and uh, morality in, in the decades leading up to the onslaught now of the LGBTQ. And just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, there used to be the uh, communication that the church did a horrible job in trying to reach out LGBTQ. And prior to the 80s, I would say absolutely, even some in the 90s. But, you know, with Exodus International, which I was a part of, and with other uh, really good groups at the time, Focus on the Family, and some others that really made a huge impact, the church started doing a much better job. But then with the upset of Exodus, you had this new erosion taking place, mm. which is antinomianism, a mixture of hyper-grace and, and mm -hmm. gay Christianity. Yep. But before that, you, you really did have like an <clears throat> oppressive mindset against anyone who would struggle with sexuality. Yeah. Uh, the church has never done a really good job at, at helping people really find lasting freedom yeah. with you got, you know, the, even the latest stats with 70% of the men that are church going men, you know, struggle with pornography addiction. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the problem is, is what I have seen, and we actually talk about this quite a bit now, uh, is with pastors and with the mindset that we have in modern day evangelicalism. And that is, is that the fear of the Lord has been removed. Uh, that is not a very uh, popular topic. And yet the Scripture has uh, uh, over 50 verses that specifically point out how good the fear of the Lord is. And so, you know, when you have one or two verses on what, something, God is trying to get our attention. But with over 50 verses, he's screaming at us. And yet that's one of the very things and even in the, in the Scripture, over and over in the New Testament, about sexual immorality, it says, do not be deceived. And yet that's where we're deceived. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to pastors, what you find is many of them are honestly, they're dealing with a courage issue. They're dealing with uh, people that will really buck against it. Uh, that they will be oppressive to them, especially if they start addressing LGBTQ issues. You have uh, the finances that are tied to that, and so it becomes disruptive. Yeah. And then you find out, and, and I've literally had pastors say this, but Stephen, you don't understand. My my mother's, my, I mean, my 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 wife's brother, and how this you know makes our Christmases and our our family gatherings and all of this it, it disrupts everything. And I'm like, wow, brother, come on, you know, uh, what about facing the Lord in Second <laughs> Corinthians five? You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna give an account to the Lord for everything you've ever done, and you don't want to be standing there with that that darkness in your own soul, of course, Jesus and his love is going to remove all the shame and pain, but we are going to give an account. Yes. And, and, and you see this fear, this fear based mentality. Now what we are seeing is the American psychological association breaking into the highest levels of evangelical churches where you have now, even in the Southern Baptist, the PCA, the Assembly of God, you know, people that used to be what I would say very strong Bible-believing churches are now embracing this idea with the fall of Exodus and antinomianism and hyper-grace, and you mix that with, um, you know, orientation is something legitimate, then you come out on the other side of this like the revoicers 
and these revoice conferences and people embracing a celibate gay Christian narrative that's bringing a little leaven into the church mm-hmm. yes. that ultimately ends with practicing homosexuality. Yes, and accommodating, and as Romans 1 says, approving of it. So um, I want to go back to something you mentioned, family, and I just recently saw some sort of um, was it a video article on how the the left and the human rights campaign how they prepare uh, their LGBTQ friends to go home for holidays and here's how you can respond at family gatherings and they're preparing them to continue to disseminate the message and I've got an article here from Harbinger's Daily by Samuel Say he said why your professing Christian friends and Christian in quotes have become LGBTQ allies. He says, uh, one of the reasons why many professing Christians have become allies with LGBTQ people is because many of their friends and family have become members of the LGBTQ community. And it says 32% of Americans changed their minds on gay marriage because they know someone who is homosexual. And I would love for you to elaborate on this. Well, that's exactly the problem, is the erosion has taken place, and I point back to one very serious, um, actual warning in the Scripture, and there is a reason why it is there in Ephesians 5, in 1 Corinthians 5, uh, in Galatians, it says, do not be partakers with them. And the scripture is very clear. It says in 1 Corinthians that tells us if you have a person who calls themselves a Christian and is practicing any form of sexual immorality, you're not to even sit down and eat with what, with such a one. Mm. And why? Well, we know sociologically, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, you will begin to let down your guard, and the parameters and the really the standards of holiness will be eroded. It is the very place where the Scripture says, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. It Amen. is specifically addressing this issue of sexuality. And so when we start making these compromises, that's how the erosion starts taking place. Now, the people that stand their ground, they don't go to gay weddings because you cannot participate in going into a temple of idols or idolatry worship. And that is exactly what gay marriage is, is it's a debaucherous covenant. It's not a marriage at all. It's not marriage is only between a man and a woman. And so what is taking place? Well, the worship of self, Mm. the worship of of the creature rather than the creator. And when you go and you participate in that, the Scripture, again, is very clear. You are now making yourself a participant of demonic activity in the form of idol worship. And these things have not been taught or have not been clearly understood in Christianity. And so human compassion now starts trumping God's compassion. Mm -hmm. So these people actually believe they're wiser and kinder than God. And so I'll ask some of these people, I say, do you really believe you're kinder and wiser than God? Because God is, is forbidden this, and there are reasons why. And it's because he really is about love Mm. and protection, especially protection of our children. Amen. Amen. By the way, friends, we're talking with Stephen Black, First Stone Ministries, and check out his book, Freedom Realized. Um, Stephen, I want to go on to first. I want to read Mark chapter uh, 10, just verse 6 through 9. But from the beginning, this is Jesus responding to the religious leaders. But from the beginning of creation, God created them male and female for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and the two shall become become one flesh so they are no longer two but one flesh therefore what god has joined together no person is to separate now that's jesus own words affirming a creation a gender marriage between a man and a woman and that it is a union of god so now let's talk about the dilemma some are having in today's moral relativistic culture where they can't even define what a woman is. I'm looking at Webster's Dictionary, Merriam-Webster, 
And it says, definition of a woman, it says an adult female person. Next, a woman belonging to a particular category, as by birth, residence, membership, or occupation. And it says womankind, a distinctly feminine nature, womanliness. And uh, so where have we gotten off track here, Stephen, when even there's people that are not even wanting to talk about this because of the apparent confusion? Well, the confusion comes in when they want to redefine those words. And so what they want to say and what it, it is their bizarre, very amb- uh, very clouded and chaotic thinking, which is they want to say that woman and gender, the, those ideas, it, it is a, a, a mental construct. In other words, you have a thinking and a belief about your identity as woman. So therefore, that is subjective. That can be redefined, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. And the reality is, is what you just read from from Noah Webster or Marianne Webster is the idea that woman is something based upon genetics, uh, not not assigned at birth um, or, you know, redefined at birth, but actually assigned by the DNA. Mm. That can never change, David. Yes. Well, let's start with God first, and then, you know, science and biology back this up. But yet, it's amazing how many people are being deceived by this. Let's just give you some examples, Stephen. I'll let you respond to some of these, which I'm sure you've talked about on your podcast. Uh, the Church of England recently says there's no official definition of a woman. Um, second, a man, Leah Thomas, the swimmer, was just nominated by the university of Pennsylvania as the 2022 NCAA Woman of the Year. Also, third, the National Women's Law Center refuses to define women, woman, and the NEA recently proposed changing the term mother to birthing person. And let's start with the Church of England. This is a church. We put that in maybe quotes. But there's one guy over there that responded, a, a news personality, over in England, Great Britain said, The definition of woman is not a complex moral problem. It is a scientific and biblical truth. So, Stephen, these are just a handful of examples of what's going on. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wanting to move forward with their propaganda. That, that is what the, um, the essence of the Equality Act is. That's why we know that if we can get, lay all this out in court, that the science is on our side. So what they are doing is now promoting a new secular humanistic religion. That's what secular humanism is, is I am God, mm-hmm. I, I call the shots, I decide what will and will not be. And that is a religion. It's faith-based. And so proving that is going to actually be pretty easy. Uh, and so, unfortunately, the Church of England and even other liturgical-type uh, entities and uh, some of your, um, you know, what used to be uh, Bible-believing churches have yeah. now gone uh, the way of social uh, interaction rather than loving God first. They want to please their neighbor. They want to please man. They want to be man pleasers. And that's what we're up against. And of course, that's a snare. Uh, the scripture makes it very clear that if you want to please man rather than God, you will be ensnared. You will actually begin. The scripture's really amazing, isn't it, David? Yeah. I mean, it tells us that if we go down this path, <laughs> we will eventually believe what is false. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening to so many people. Mm-hmm. If you want to believe the lie, God will allow you to believe it and even be damned forever. Mm. Yes. Uh, it, that's, yes. That should be startling to most people. It is. It literally says that in Second Thessalonians. Yep. That if you want to believe the lie, he will allow you to believe it. That's what Romans 1, you know, being turned over to the debased mind is, mm-hmm. is actually the wrath of God is when you are being turned over to believe that light is, is not good and darkness is and that the, uh, the perversion of human sexuality is a, a, a thing to be embraced. 
Oh, so sad. Yes, and Lord help us and give us wisdom in the in these times. Um, Stephen Black, I'm sure you saw the exchange last week. It, what was alarming between Senator Josh Hawley and uh, Democrat UC Berkeley law professor Kiara Bridges, where Hawley was accused of being transphobic and causing violence to transgender people for simply asking if women or if men can get pregnant. Did you see that? I, I didn't, actually. Oh, okay. You've got uh, it. I was recovering from COVID, but it's, um, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Let me ask you. The, the, the level yeah. of lunacy. Yep. Let me, let me repeat this quote from her. And she really, the astounding thing here is this is, it, it's, it's happening in our government. And they're putting down, now, Josh Hawley is a Christian, and she responded to him by saying many women, cis women, C-I-S, have the capacity yep. for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. I want to recognize that your line of questioning is transphobic and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing them. So Holly just said denying that... he. That, no, the professor actually said that Holly was denying that trans people exist and pretended not to know that they exist and was causing violence by simply saying, so you're believing men can be pregnant. This is astounding to me. It's happening in our government. This was a, a, a senator. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, they weaponize the language, mm -hmm. and we're going to have to get a backbone uh, to start weaponizing back. In other words, we have to call it out and say, no, actually what you are doing is you are believing a lie, and you are trying to manipulate me and the culture to believe something that is scientifically incorrect, and you are the one that is full of deception and full of uh, dishonesty, and you need to stop lying to the American people. There's no such thing as a man becoming a woman or a woman becoming a man. It is scientifically impossible. You are the people that are hateful and unkind and unloving by lying to children mm. and trying to twist their innocence into believing something that is a fairy tale. You are the people that need to be put in their place. That's what we need to – we're going to have to start pushing back yeah. and saying what is truthful. And you, you will notice – uh, David, the men and women, but these men, like there's some people like Matt Walsh and, and, and Ben Shapiro and, and some others that are starting to do that. Mm -hmm. And they're getting respect. They're getting respect because it's the truth. Yes. But what happens? They get pushed back. They yeah. get persecuted. Some of them can get death threats and followed wow. and harassed. But, wow. you know, we, we have got to, especially if we're going to be men and women of God, we have to be living for the eternal and being willing to take such a stand on the truth that we would we'd be willing to die for it. And, and that's part of the problem is we're afraid. When it really comes down to it, fear stops us from pushing back on this craziness. Yes, yes. We must obey God rather than men. Today's guest, Stephen Black, First Stone Ministries. We'll talk more about this and we'll go to the education system and talk about children when we come back. We've got a headline here. Planned Parenthood says transgender identity is cemented early in elementary school and preschool. We'll talk about that when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. I've been filling in uh, over at Freedom Project Media and um, the Dr. Duke show, Katie Petrick and Dr. Duke Pesta, and they've been talking about these things for years in the education system and how they are reaching the left is young children at younger and younger ages and many times without parents knowing about it. And now we find out that Planned Parenthood not only has a stake in uh, the abortion business, which is taxpayer funded, so Roe v. Wade didn't make that, overturning Roe v. Wade didn't make that go away. Our taxpayer dollars, over a half a billion, are still going to fund Planned Parenthood. But now uh, 
we knew they wanted young girls to get pregnant and experiment with sex, but now we understand they are also pushing transgender identity. And according to uh, new articles, they say that it is cemented early in elementary school. They claim that this happens. So the nation's largest provider of abortions, and Stephen Black, I'm going to ask you to help us make sense out of this. They published different guides for parents, including one that argues that children can know if they are transgender or gender nonconforming when they are in early elementary school or preschool, and the guide is entitled, What Should I Teach My Elementary School-Aged Child About Identity? And it goes on, but it's, they say it's clear as early as two to three years old, they're not, that, that Planned Parenthood claims, for some kids it's clear, that they're not the gender everyone says they are, meaning God, the doctors, when they were born, their parents. Stephen Black, can you explain why, what is, does Planned Parenthood have to do with this agenda? Well, you know, the bottom line, of course, is money. Uh, but when you look at the ideology of these people, when you when you when you really sit down and you try to talk through um, what would be common sense with these people, they really do have a secular humanistic mindset in their worldview, and so this this continued erosion of morality has been taking place with secular humanism mm-hmm. to the point where you know. It doesn't really matter what you do in your body sexually. Um, and so they're making pathways for this new, what is very faddish idea of transgender medicine. And it's not, it's not healthcare. It is a way to actually uh, sterilize our children. The same, the same, um, hormones and medicine that they use, uh, Lupron to castrate sexually um, uh, offend, offended offenders, uh, prisoners, is the same um, chemicals that they're using on transgender um, male to female uh, to, um, you know, stop their, their reproduction of, of testosterone. And so it's wow. diabolical because these children end up being sterilized. And we're going to see a class action lawsuit in, 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 I would venture to say within 10 years where there are going to be hundreds, if not thousands, yes. when you've got a Reddit group, a Reddit group with over 18,000 people who have sex change regret. Yep. And so, you know, the medical industry is getting ready, uh, to turn their head, their, their selves upside down. Mm-hmm. But interesting. Uh, Planned Parenthood is using this as another form of uh, uh, financial uh, income into their organization. Yes. It's, a, it's another way of marketing. Yeah, big money. It's another way of understanding the verse that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And this is, this is demonic. I want to read a portion of this article and then we'll move on, Stephen. Planned Parenthood's guide also directs adults to a number of left-wing organizations, including GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N, and the National Center for Transgender Equality. And also, in a, so, a medical, so-called, association that performs sex change operations on children is listed as a resource in Planned Parenthood's guide. It also says schools across America have partnered with Planned Parenthood and advertised their, quote, services in some instances, even using America's largest abortion provider as a resource for their sexual education curriculum. Of course, and certain locations of Planned Parenthood do offer transgender hormone therapy to minors. I don't think a lot of people understand that, that it's not just, quote, abortion that they offer to minors. No, and then, of course, their idea of morality and even um, uh, the idea of abstinence is rejected. And so something that is clearly biblical, something that is really, really about love, Mm. something that is from the creator of the universe to care for the souls of men Mm. are completely and absolutely rejected by them. And we've seen, abstinence. yes, abstinence. That's one of the quote choices, right? One of the choices people should have. First, abstinence, and then it would be um, being a mother, and then it would be marriage, 
and then it would be adoption, but the only, quote, choice that the pro-choice movement seems to promote is abortion. But I want to get your take on the Americans' uh, trust in public education now plummeting to an all, almost an all-time low. 28% of Americans say they have a great deal of or quite a lot of confidence in the public education system, according to a Gallup poll. Stephen Black, are we surprised when parents are starting, more parents, are starting to attend school board meetings and speak their concerns, and they're being cut off, oftentimes when they're just simply reading or quoting books from like, uh, there, there's a, what, what was it, they're queering, um, there's a, a book on homosexuality and LGBTQ that parents are quoting, and their their mics are being cut off because it's offensive material, but yet this is in school libraries. So help us make sense out of this. What, what, how can parents push back? I, I mean, the first option, get your kids out of the public schools, I believe. Right. But parents are, are not they're, – they're trying to have their voice be heard, and it seems like the big money is too big in education and the teachers' unions, and the school boards are not listening. Well, and then it be, be it has to start with the grassroots movement of people, uh, you know, pounding the pavement, which is you need to understand that these uh, school boards are filled with people that are um, in alignment with um, that plus sign, that LGBTQ plus sign mentality. Mm -hmm. In other words, they may not be pedophiles themselves, but they are perfectly okay with the the normalization of minor attracted person and youth attracted person. And they are certainly perfectly okay with this kind of graphic sexual information to be taught to children whose innocence shouldn't even be touched on for another five years. Mm-hmm. And and yet you've got this at kindergarten level. And and then, you know, you've got the drag queens coming in teaching uh, in libraries and, and in school functions and, and gym, uh, uh, you know, gatherings, uh, performances across our nation. And so there is this kind of this normalization, um, and the school boards are really, honestly, some of these people are oppressed by this. Uh, because you've got people in high places that actually are homosexual and living these lifestyles. And so they're being yelled at. They're being told that they're homophobic. Um, and again, it's, it's going to take people with backbone to not care about being yelled at and being name called by these, um, you know, gay activists, uh, because, uh, we're standing for truth. Uh, that is part of the persecution. And, you know, I, if I read my Bible correctly, it says you're blessed when you're persecuted. Mm. And we have to start teaching a different type of mind style rather than the, you know, what was in the 90s, the, what was called the civility movement, which is you can only speak in breathy tones and be nice or you're not a Christian. And mm-hmm. that's just not true. They need to go look at the, the man who was considered by Jesus as the greatest man that was ever born of woman, John the Baptist. And he punched, he punched people's buttons mm. by proclaiming the truth boldly. And, you know, that's what I talk about every Friday, you know, having bold truth, making sure that you're speaking the Word of God boldly, mm. because when you do, you will get pushed back. Yeah, absolutely. And we all have. And what's your topic this Friday on Freedom Realized podcast? Well, the bottom line of all sin is unbelief. Mm. And um, I'm going to actually re-air uh, something that my pastor shared uh, for the first time. And uh, it's such a good message on the subject of unbelief. And really, it, it gets down to the core issue of what is uh, the sin of, you know, the root of all sin, which is, you know, this thing we're dealing with, with fear and unforgiveness mm. and bitterness and anger. And that stifles our voices, which is rooted in unbelief. And it really taps into this subject matter. Um, so when you speak at churches, Stephen, uh, I see that you serve on the board of directors for parents and friends of ex-gays and gays. Um, 
do churches understand that there's a bigger movement than the media and Hollywood and the Democrat Party and others would ever allow us to believe there is of people who have either regret for their former lifestyles and now they have come to Christ or transgender regret, sex change regret, because there's a growing number, as you've said earlier. So what? how do the churches receive that part of the message? Well, they're actually receiving it well, and, and many churches are even making provision to have safe bathrooms, um, in other words, family bathrooms or just, you know, individual bathrooms for people who are transitioning uh, back hmm. um, or people that, wow. you know, need to go through this process. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, people that have had uh, – they have been, you know, registered sex offenders, making a place for them, but also boundaried, and um, you know, working. It, it takes a lot of good pastoral care and a good pastoral care team to uh, to work that out, especially in a larger church. Yes. Uh, but churches are responding to that message. They know that it is going to be part of the Third Great Awakening. Um, we're going to have literally thousands of people that are going to be coming into the church that are going to have been touched by these things. So we need to get ready. Boy, we sure do. Well, give us advice on that. What, what is your insight on what we can do, the average person that knows that this is going to be happening, that more people are waking up, more people are regretting their past choices, and as more truth becomes exposed and is revealed, I think that people are going to be waking up to this, I don't want to call it a sham or a scam, but it is delusion, it is deception, and it is the depraved mind that has been promoted so freely throughout our culture. Yeah, I, I think it is really important to teach a very healthy dynamic of discipleship of a confessed life, a life lived in the open, a life with safe people to be able to confess so that they're not living in shame and condemnation. And then another really major piece that is lost in the church a lot is what we have been talking about through this whole interview is spiritual warfare. And the need to understand what goes on in the mind, in the psyche, is not always our own thinking, and that we are dealing literally with demonic entities that some people uh, may have been wrestling with their entire life. Mm. And so they need to learn how to expose these things. They need to learn how to take their thoughts captive. They need to learn in in this place of community in the church where there's safety in being able to find freedom from those op oppressive thinking and especially toxic shame. And so when we teach that, people start walking in greater levels of freedom because we need to know scientifically that the brain has to renew its mind. There has to be new neural pathways laid out. So instead of the old stinking thinking, there has to be the redeemed thinking and the new pathways laid out and teaching people how to do that so they become true disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. Thank you so much. Stephen Black, First Stone Ministries, freedomrealized.org. God bless you and continue to protect you in the work that you're doing. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Tomorrow, Pastor Kevin Minsky, DePere, Christ the Rock in DePere. And on Thursday, Mike Gendron, uh, he's with Proclaiming the Gospel Ministries and Justin Peters, uh, Justin Peters Ministries. He will be in studio on Friday getting ready for a conference here in town. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.